This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 24. Let's talk about garments. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Stand with Lynette. I'm so glad you're here. You may be looking at the title of today's episode and be thinking, what in the world? Let's talk about garments. What are we going to talk about about garments? What does she have to teach us about garments? And I can't wait to get to it because I, I recently had an epiphany that opened my eyes and helped me to see the importance of the temple garment in a whole new light. And now I feel so much more honored to be able to wear it. And I, I hope that what I have learned will also help you. But before we get there, if you listened to last week's episode, you heard me talk about the Shine 7 Challenge that I am hosting. But in case you missed it, let me give you the quick skinny because this challenge starts this week on Thursday, September 8th, and it is completely free. It is seven days long. And in that seven days, I will help you to establish a series of four simple spiritual habits that will ignite your spiritual momentum and help you unlock the power of God in your life. I will also teach two live masterclasses over the course of those seven days and post daily videos with tips that show you how to maintain the spiritual habits for long after the challenge is over. So if you want to strengthen your relationship with Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ, this challenge is going to help you to do that. Again, it is completely free, so you have nothing to lose. Just be sure to sign up before Thursday, September 8th, which is just two days away, because after that, the doors are going to close, and I don't know when they will open up again. So I hope to see you on the inside. I will put a link in the show notes of this episode where you can go and sign up, and you can share it with a friend. It's You'll have better results if you do it with a buddy, if you have a partner to do it with you. So feel free to share that with your friends as well. Okay, moving on to today's topic. I will be honest with you, I had something completely different planned for today, but I have been thinking about this topic, which led me to dive in and really study, which led me to want to share what I am learning about the significance of the temple garment. This is kind of a hot button issue on social media these days, so you probably have heard some chatter about it, which means I am not the only one who is thinking about it. But because it can be potentially controversial, there are bound to be some people with strong opinions on both sides of this issue. My purpose here today is not to call anyone out, not to make anyone feel guilty, not to cast judgment or make anyone feel uncomfortable. But my study has shed some light onto the purpose of the garment in a powerful way that I had not previously considered. It has opened my eyes to why it is such a privilege and not an inconvenience to wear the garment. And I can't help but share. I'm super excited about what I'm learning. So if you find yourself squirming a little bit at anything I say here today, because again, kind of controversial perhaps, I invite you to push through the discomfort and get really curious about why you're feeling the way that you do and see if you can learn something here today. With that introduction, let's dive in. 
One of my favorite podcasts as of late is called Unshaken by Jared Halverson. Brother Halverson is a member of the church who graduated from Divinity School at Vanderbilt University. His focus of study while in Divinity School was anti-religious rhetoric. Or, in other words, he wanted to understand anti-religious arguments and how they lead people to abandon their religious beliefs. This background gives him a unique perspective on the gospel, as well as a deep understanding of the scriptures. Each of Brother Halverson's podcasts are several hours long, which means I usually don't get through all of the material. But if I had the time, I could literally sit at his feet all day long and learn about the scriptures because his knowledge is so deep and so vast, and I find it absolutely fascinating. Last week, I was listening to his episode about Isaiah chapters 1 through 12 because I'm the gospel doctrine teacher in my ward, and I'm trying to really understand Isaiah. And he said something in that episode that struck me with great power. He said, when you hear the word cover or covering in the Old Testament, it is referring to atonement. When I heard that, I did a little research. And in my research, I learned that the English word atonement comes from the ancient Hebrew word kafar, which means to cover. So literally, the word cover means atonement. After learning this, my mind immediately went to the Garden of Eden. I thought of the coats of skins that the Lord made as a covering for Adam and Eve before he cast them out of the garden. Again, covering means atonement. But why did the Lord make coats of skins for them in the first place? In Genesis chapter 3 and Moses chapter 4, we learned that when God created Adam and Eve and placed them in the Garden of Eden, he commanded them not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, warning them that in doing so, they would die. And then we know that Satan came tempting them to try to get them to eat of the very fruit that God had commanded them not to partake of. He told Eve that she would not die by eating the fruit, as the Lord had told her, but that she would become wise like God, knowing good and evil. So then Eve partook of the fruit, and she then shared it with Adam, and then the two of them realized they were naked. And so they made aprons of fig leaves to hide themselves, and when they heard the voice of the Lord calling to them, they tried to hide from him. Let's pause that story for a minute and go to 2 Nephi chapter 9, which is a powerful sermon on the atonement. In verse 14 of that chapter, speaking of the resurrection, it says, Wherefore, we shall have a perfect knowledge of all our guilt and our uncleanness and our nakedness. Did you catch what it said about nakedness? That we will have a perfect knowledge of our nakedness in the resurrection. Do you think that means that we will remember all the times we took a shower or were otherwise physically naked? Because the word nakedness is used alongside guilt and uncleanness, I believe it is more likely referring to sin than physical nakedness. And in the resurrection, we will have a perfect knowledge of our sins, our guilt, our uncleanness, as well as our righteousness and the good things that we have done. Now. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. 
After Adam and Eve transgressed the laws of God, the first thing they did was to try to hide their nakedness. While it is true that they were physically naked, could their attempts to hide their nakedness also be referring to their desire to hide their transgression from God? Either way, they were unsuccessful in hiding from God. And after they confessed their sin, God himself made coats of skins to clothe Adam and Eve, or in other words, to cover their nakedness. Remember, covering is another word for atonement, and nakedness is symbolic of sin. Where do you think these coats of skins came from? They did not grow on the trees of the garden. They were animal skins, which means animals were killed or sacrificed by the Lord himself to cover or symbolically atone for Adam and Eve's transgression. Before the Lord cast them out of the garden into the lone and dreary world, which would be harsh and difficult, he covered them with a physical reminder of his atonement, which would cover their sins and allow them to return back to his presence. After leaving the Garden of Eden, the Lord commanded Adam and Eve to worship him and offer the firstlings of their flocks as a sacrifice for him. We learn in Moses chapter 5 that Adam was obedient to that commandment, and he started offering sacrifices. And after many days, an angel of the Lord appeared unto Adam and asked him why he was offering sacrifices. And Adam said, I know not, save the Lord commanded me. And the angel of the Lord told him that this thing is a similitude of the sacrifice of the only begotten of the Father, which is full of grace and truth. Wherefore, thou shalt do all that thou doest in the name of the Son, and thou shalt repent and call upon God in the name of the Son forevermore. I'm quoting directly from the book of Moses. Then the Holy Ghost fell upon Adam, which beareth record of the Father and the Son, saying, I am the only begotten of the Father from the beginning, from henceforth and forever, that as thou hast fallen, thou mayest be redeemed, and all mankind, even as many as will. After that experience with the Lord, Adam and Eve truly understood the coats of skins. They understood the symbolic sacrifice that made those codes possible and how it pointed them to the Savior and his actual atonement that would save them and all mankind from the effects of the fall. Can you imagine being physically and spiritually covered with the power of Jesus Christ's atonement every single day, just as Adam and Eve were? Can you imagine putting on spiritual armor that, coupled with our obedience, protects us from the arrows of the adversary? But for those who have received their temple endowment, that is exactly the privilege we have. Russell M. Nelson said, quote, Wearing the temple garment has deep symbolic significance. It represents a continuing commitment just as the Savior exemplified the need to endure to the end, we wear the garment faithfully as part of the enduring armor of God. Thus, we demonstrate our faith in Him and in His eternal covenants with us. In other words, the temple garment is an outward representation of our inner commitment to keep our covenants and accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. We have probably heard that before, that wearing the garment is an outward representation of an inner commitment. 
It is also, and this is where the light bulb moment was for me, it is also an outward representation of the Lord's commitment to provide a savior for us, just as he did for Adam and Eve. It is a physical reminder of his atonement that we have the privilege of wearing both day and night, just as the coats of skins that were made by the Lord himself through the sacrifice of an animal covered Adam and Eve's nakedness or sins. With that deeply significant and very personal symbolism, I feel honored to wear the garment. It is not an inconvenience, but a blessing that ties me directly to the Savior, Jesus Christ. There are many people who speak of the garment, especially now. There's a lot of noise about this, a lot of chatter about this on social media. They speak about the garment as if it were simply an optional piece of cloth, like any other type of quote-unquote underwear. But I wonder if the people who speak of it like this fully understand its significance. I wonder if they realize that wearing the garment is not only a representation of our inner commitment to the Savior, but also of His enduring, abiding commitment to save us. I wonder if they know that the temple garment's promised protection is tied directly to our worthiness and faithfulness in keeping our covenants. In a letter dated October 10th, 1988, the First Presidency of the Church said this, Church members who have been clothed with the garment in the temple have made a covenant to wear it throughout their lives. This has been interpreted to mean that it is worn as underclothing both day and night. The promise of protection and blessings is conditioned upon worthiness and faithfulness in keeping the covenant. Endowed members of the church wear the garment as a reminder of the sacred covenants they have made with the Lord and also as a protection against temptation and evil. How it is worn is an outward expression of an inner commitment to follow the Savior. Close quote. Recently, I have heard some say that they did not make a covenant to wear the temple garment. Well, if they have been through the temple and received their endowment, this statement from the First Presidency teaches otherwise. But for me, understanding why we make that covenant and how it is a literal representation of the Savior's power to save me personally, that has made everything clear. It is not about the length of my hemline. It's not about my neckline. It's not about how long or short or non-existent my sleeves are. It is about the Savior. It is about the atonement. It is about how I feel about Him as my Savior and whether or not I believe in His power to save me. And that is worth so much more than trendy clothing, that I can wear without these garments on my body. How people choose to wear or not wear their temple garments is between them and the Lord. This is an issue that we probably shouldn't be asking our favorite influencer about, whether or not we should wear it in this situation or that situation or whatever. This is between us, each of us, and the Lord. 
but perhaps my light bulb moment will help someone else see its significance so that together we might stand a little more firmly on the covenant path. All right, my friends, your shine challenge for this week is to study Genesis chapter 3 and Moses chapters 4 and 5. Study that in the context of what we've been talking about today. See what the Lord can teach you about the coats of skins that he provided for Adam and Eve, their significance, and what that means for you personally as you choose to wear or not wear the temple garments if you have been endowed in the temple. So that's your shine challenge. And again, your last reminder that the shine seven challenge, which is my seven day free challenge that will help you to get that spiritual momentum rolling, no matter where you are on the covenant path, the doors close on Thursday of this week, Thursday, September 8th. So don't delay. If you want to be part of it, Click on the link in the show notes and come join me, and I hope to see you on the inside. Thanks for being here. I will see you back here again next week. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepard.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again. And remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.